Welcome to Material, a show all about life in the Google universe. It's also a show about abandonment today. Yasmin, as you know, has left the show. Sad face. Andy's also not here this week. I, I hope this doesn't become a trend because I'm the, I'm the last one remaining here. But the good news is, listeners, uh, we have two amazing guests. I'm staring at them here in the, the Skype video. I'm wondering who to introduce first. I'm going to go with Zara because you're, you're returning. I believe you've actually been on a previous episode. Welcome. Thank you. It's it's so great to be here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zara, Zara <laughs> I should probably explain sure. that Zara just got off a massive international flight. So great to see you again. <laughs> great to see you too. I really can't believe you agreed to come on the show after, you know, your international flights and stuff, but kudos to you. Like, yeah, it's going to be a good show. I, I bet it will be. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting in the left corner here on Skype, we have... I think for the first time on Material Podcast, the Micah Sargent. Welcome, Micah. <laughs> uh, take away that the. Uh, yeah, Russell, you're, you're the anchor. Uh, you know, are the, the cornerstone. You are the undefeated. You are that little barnacle on the side of the ship that never washes away. The barnacle that is Yasmin <laughs> and the barnacle that is Andy, gone into the ocean. But you, you, you're steadfast, and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, it is. I won't keep going on about this, but it's such a weird thing to introduce this show and then introduce the guest. This is normally, obviously, Yasmin's job. Um, I would kind of think that Andy would be the next person to take over. He's actually traveling this week. Although I believe I was watching his Twitter stream, I think he actually got sick before whatever travel he was meant to be doing. So Andy right now might be in bed with some chicken soup or wow. something. Poor Andy. Please get well, Andy. <laughs> so normally we we start the show with a bit of um you know chat a bit of follow up and that kind of thing. I will say the the first thing that comes to mind is we have had a lot of emails from our we call them listeners by the way. Yasmin coined that term as well. She's responsible for everything. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they've been writing into us. I think they think this is like American Idol or something, and we're looking for a third co-host, and maybe there's going to be a panel of judges, and there's going to be like a weekly like show where we get people on. I, Look, I don't want to break their hearts, but I have to tell you, listeners, that's not actually happening. We have a few sort of um, co-hosts that we already have in mind. We're going to have them on the show. We're going to see how things go. So I'm sorry, but applications are closed. Is that mean? Oh, wow, that's heartless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the heart that Yasmin used to have. I'm just like, sorry, it's, it's closed. Just don't apply. Please stop. I kind of, I don't know, there's uh, probably another podcast to file away is an audition show where the hosts (laughs) are auditioning because, you know, you get those feel-good stories and the funny ones. Yeah, and you only realize like halfway through that, you know, Mike is blind in one eye or something and, you know, his his parents (laughs) abandoned him when he was two and he's raised himself, you know, basically like that doesn't come out to the very end, that heartwarming sort of story. That's, That's what we're looking for. Well, Russell, you missed a great opportunity here. You should have oh. just like flown everyone in to Australia, thrown them into the outback, <laughs> and seen who survives. Yes, yes. Oh, I like that idea so much more. They would not. They, you know, they would never survive koalas. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. So we could get. You probably need a few hundred actually, because the Australian wildlife is notorious <laughs> yeah. for you know going through people fairly quick pace. You got snakes, you got spiders, you got koalas. You got... Kangaroos can even kill you, by the way, which is those things are muscly as very scary. So by the end of it, you could actually be left with like just two or three hosts. See, yeah, so and then like... the choice is easy, right? <laughs> like it doesn't mean they're good at it, but, but it's yeah the material games. <laughs> And and everybody's competing against each other and the Australian wild, uh, the Australian <laughs> outback. My goodness, that 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 actually is sounds really entertaining, but also uh, probably a lot of lawsuits you'd get wrapped up in. <laughs> Material games. Where, where did these two hundred people go? I don't know. 
It's it's a mystery. <laughs> Somewhere in the upper. It's a material. <laughs> Uh, so the, the other major thing that happened this week, I say major, this is pretty minor, is um, obviously I returned my Note 7 that, that was all exploding and stuff. I still have the Galaxy S7 Edge that I used to use before that. I believe you had one of those as well, Zara, yeah? No, not the Edge, but the S7. Ah, well, I don't know about yours, but mine got the Android 7.0 update this week, which was, um, it's less exciting for me, I guess, because I've moved on to the Pixel, but super exciting yeah. to see like a huge sort of mainstream phone actually get, you know, the latest version of Android. A Samsung too at that. <laughs> <laughs> Do I detect a little bit of uh, Samsung hate there, Zara? <laughs> well, my my S7 is in a drawer somewhere. Oh, that's harsh. So, I know. Is that because it was naughty? You're just like in the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got the Pixel and I was like, so what, what use do I have for it now? <laughs> uh, in the so drawer you go. It was a clean break. It was a clean break. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I tried not to hurt its feelings too much. Yeah, I was like, I bought it a case, put it in the drawer gently. <laughs> Give it a little you blanket. bought it a coffin and put it in the drawer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can hear the heartbeat at night as you're trying to sleep. <laughs> it's slowly slowing down as it loses its charge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is dark. This whole podcast oh is God. dark. Russell, you should not have the both of us together. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just learning that now. Note to self, do not have Micah and Zara on the same show. Yeah, okay, I'm just finished making that up. Yeah. It, it does make me think though, right, because Micah and Zara, you guys probably don't know, but for some reason about 30% of our listeners actually listen on an iPhone. So there's a, there's a huge chunk of our audience who I guess tune in to get the Android news or they tune in to laugh at us. I'm not really sure why. And there's the perception out there that if you buy an Android phone, it's never going to update it. Uh, get updated and good luck to you and that perception is i think it's mostly true like if you buy the wrong phone i say wrong phone how are you meant to know when you walk into a phone manufacturer but you can get stranded you know that happens all the time i did think it was interesting though so we make obviously an app called pocket Cast. it's quite popular on the the android and i thought i could quickly dive into the stats never I'm heard like, of it never heard of no that's fine you don't have to have heard of it. a lot of people <laughs> yeah. listen on all these download, other... downloading it now russell <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your four dollars. Woohoo! So that's the only reason I really brought both of you on the show. I just made eight bucks. Yeah, but I, I thought I'd dive into the stats, right? And I thought it's okay. Our app is lean, slightly more technical than most. It's a little bit, you know, probably your grandma's not going to download Pocket Pocket Cast to listen to podcasts. Although you should make her if she hasn't already. And I I saw the stats and they were quite surprising to me. So forty six percent of Pocket Cast users, these are active users, you know, they've been using it recently, are on Android seven point or above. And I'm like. Whoa, that is a big number. Like obviously people like Samsung and LG and a few other big manufacturers have updated some of their phones. The other one that surprised me is 44% run Android 6.0 or above. That means 90% of our users are on Android 6 or newer. So that's like the newest operating system is 7, you know, last year's is 6. 90% of all our user base is on, I guess, a modern version of Android. That surprised me a lot. Like Zara, you're a a Google developer expert. Does this surprise you at all? As an Android developer, I am very, very jealous. (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's not the norm then? Um uh, I, I don't think so. Like all the years I've worked on um several apps, there's usually always um a bunch of people left behind on like really old versions. Like we still see some on like KitKat, which was like I don't know how many years ago now. So it's 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 and you know how like as developers you want to try out like all these fancy new animations and design concepts and everything, but it's like, eh, do you want to spend as much time retrofitting it for like really old users? But you know, you you don't want them to get stuck on 
like crappy looking UI as well. So yeah, it's it's I'm really jealous. <laughs> so as developers, do you find yourself uh, both of you find yourselves uh, choosing the cut people off route or choosing the kind of pacify the people who are using the older versions? Do you do you pander to them or do you just say at some point, nah, I can't can't deal with you anymore. You're just taking too long. You got to put that phone in a coffin and put it in the drawer and move on to a new phone. <laughs> How does it work for you, for both of you? Uh, I, I don't mind going first there. So I think the difference between Zara and I, Zara works for a fairly big company here in Australia. We work for a tiny little company. So we tend to go the cut people off route. We had some problems on Android 4.1 and I think at 4.2 and we spent a few days fixing them and then we looked at the stats and it was like 0.9%. of. I'm like, forget about them. Like it's, they have a version that works. It's fine. Like they can keep using that for as long as they want. So I think now our minimum is 4.4. But I imagine in your case, Zara, it, it would be quite different. Yeah, it is. It is a very big decision to like leave users behind. But like there there are some instances like um we launched this new feature like late last year when we sponsored this real estate reality show. So like they wanted a new feature incorporated and it's like we we can't do anything about it. It has some hardware requirements. So like in in some cases like that like very rare though. What we try to be backwards compatible as much as possible because we want all those people buying houses. <laughs> Are we allowed to say the name <laughs> of the company that you work at? I don't even know. Uh, have we? I think we mentioned it before. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we can mention it again. So, uh, I work for it's. It's not a secret. <laughs> okay. So, I work for um, domain.com.au, and um, we basically show listings of houses for like for people are selling or renting. So. It's, it's like it's, Zillow in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. So it's like um, we want to have as big of an audience as possible. Right, um, and I guess sense. with yeah, and I guess with with pocket guests, like most people, I would imagine are sort of techies. Yeah, the, the from the kind of people that write in, that definitely seems to be the case. Although we do get a lot of um, friends and family of techies, so you might have one person who's. I don't know, sysadmin or whatever during the day, and she go, kind of goes home to her family and she tells her non-tech husband, she's like, hey, you have to use this podcast thing. And he's like, all right, I'll download this thing. And then he tells his mom and so on and so forth. We do get quite a few people that are non-technical as well, but it definitely seems to be that our core user base are really hardcore. I think, I don't have the figure in front of me, but I think even something crazy like 15 or 20% of our user base is on Google phones, so pixels, you know, the latest sort of nexuses and things like that, which is, that surprised me as well because in pretty much everywhere else, I think it's Samsung, like all the way down. Yeah. 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 I, I can I can understand though the difference there because I could see uh, like my grandmother, for example, she has an iPhone 3G. I don't even think it's the 3GS. Oh wow. And uh, still to this day, and it still runs, it's impressive. But you know, she's the type of person who certainly millennials aren't buying new houses. She's the type <laughs> of person who would download uh, an app to look up, you know, real estate before she'd download an app for listening to podcasts rather than just using yeah. the built-in podcast app. So I can see why you need to be able to get everybody because you're going to have a lot of people still stuck in the past. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you know do you know off the top of your head Zara what version you go back to? Um I think we support uh the last time I checked we the minimum we support is like jelly bean. So it's still kind of old. So it's 4.1 or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. No, I, Wasn't there two jelly beans or something? Androids are confusing. Yeah, there, there, were, there were two jelly beans and like 30 KitKats. I don't know anymore. <laughs> They're like, we fix fragmentation. We call this one the same name as the last one. You're welcome. 
It's not confusing at all. <laughs> so, like those those numbers are like it's something I have to look up all the time. Like what what version number is this again? So, because um, so aside from like the official quote unquote version numbers of like 6.0, 7.0, like as developers you do like API levels too, which is like a totally different number. Yeah. So, so 7.0 is like 25 or something. Yeah. No correlation yeah. to anything except the number no, keeps going no. up by one. Yeah. And sometimes the most confusing one is a 7.11. I think that's 26. So they just added a 0.1, but that's an extra number for some reason. <laughs> I, I think they're coming up with a 0.2 now, but it's it's still N. <laughs> so, no, no one understands it. But I think one of the main differences too is that with iOS, like everyone is eventually forced to update to the new version, right, Russell? Yeah, Apple's very like, you basically can't get back. Because as a developer, I contacted them once. I'm like, we need to test some stuff. I think it was on iOS 8 back then. And they're like, tough. Just tell your users to update. Like, there's no, they stopped signing oh, wow. basically the, the binaries for it at some stage. So even as a developer, if you wanted to, you couldn't even install that operating system. You basically have to go to eBay and try and find like someone like Micah's grandma that still runs a 3G or whatever. Can I please have it? I'll pay top dollar. <laughs> I need the phone. Just don't update it. If I get a new phone, then you could have it. She'd love that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I know there are lots of developers who keep old phones around with old operating systems on them for that specific purpose, which I think is, is silly. Um, I, I do think that it makes more sense the developers should still have access to that, even if, you know, outwardly Apple pushes to get everybody on the latest. There aren't always going to be, and so devs should have access to that software to make sure that their stuff is running. Um, I think I think that's a, an odd policy, but who am I? <laughs> <laughs> actually, Micah, you say who am I. I just realized... I haven't actually introduced you properly. Like, do you want to do you want to tell people what you actually do? I feel really bad now. I've just said you're the Micah Sergeant. I assume ninety percent of people that covers, but for the ten percent that it doesn't cover, for the ten percent, uh, yeah. For, for for anybody who's wondering who the heck this person is talking into their ears, um, I am a podcaster. As I think we mentioned, not in the pre-show, but during the show, um, I do <laughs> too many podcasts. Um, and then I'm also a senior editor at Mobile Nations, where I write about home automation technology, pet technology, and uh, pretty much technology in general. So uh, this is probably going to ruffle some feathers of listeners, but uh, I mostly write at iMore, uh, which is an <gasps> Apple-focused site. I'm sorry. That's all right. We had to replace Andy with someone a little bit. Apple Lane. <laughs> you're, you're leaving? No, don't leave. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I am I'm certainly not uh, a person who wants to just uh, consider one thing superior to another thing. So I think that um, people like what they like and they should be able to like what they like and that should not uh, result in people punching each other over their likes and dislikes. Um, that doesn't always happen, but uh, I, I certainly will... <laughs> will uh, pick up an Android device like this Huawei Mate 9 and be just as happy playing around with it and playing around with Pocket Cast on it as I am with using Pocket Cast on iOS. So uh, Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast. So <laughs> yeah, that is who I am. I'm mostly a technology writer, but I also do podcasts, too many podcasts, and I like to post lots of photos of my dogs. Oh. And the reason we have Micah on the show is we want to talk about home automation next, but 
we have to pay for the show somehow, Mike. I have to get my expensive pixels, you know, once a year. And I know right. now I've got to buy, buy my know, grandma's phone. You buy your grandma's phone for top dollar. So <clears throat> this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. You can enter the offer code Material at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea. You can get a unique domain name. Uh, you can award-winning templates, small stuff. Let's say you want to create an online store, you want a portfolio, you want a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one place to to go to get that. They've got 24-7 customer support, you know, if you get stuck on stuff. Um, again, you grab your domain name, you're like, oh, I want Marcus Sargent teaches dogs to be quiet.com. You're like, cool, got that. I put my award-winning store on there. I sell stuff to keep dogs quiet and I'm happy. So um, plans that are just $12 a month. Uh, you can start a trial with no credit card. Just go to squarespace.com. Again, offer code material is the thing you want to use, 10% off your first purchase. So we want to thank Squarespace so much for their support of uh, this show and all of Real FM, Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So, Micah, I'm going to throw to you and then possibly to Zara after that. I want to hear about, um, in the show doc, it just says, Micah's journey into home automation wonderland. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, kind of a lot of stuff here with, uh, do, do we want to start with the ad or do we want to just kind of give the lay of the land on some of the home automation stuff that I do, Russell? It's your Does call. it matter to you? Oh, All right, cool. To me. Well, uh, let's focus on um, Google's home automation stuff first. I want to bring up something that actually was making the the headlines this past week um, that I kind of found interesting. So uh, Google was kind of getting blasted for um, what folks were calling an ad, um, and I'll explain why I say it that way in a moment, uh, that played when people would use their Google Home device. So if you don't know, um, you say a certain keyword that I'm not going to say because literally right behind me is a Google Home device. Um, Is that an orange device? you got the copper yeah, base. Uh, very nice. It's very the, nice. No, no, that's the mango one. Oh, that's the mango one. Sorry. Mango. It is very far away. It's about the size of like your pinky finger. Yes. Hello, little <laughs> pinky. Uh, I really want the, the marine color one, but um, I had to settle for mango at the time. Anywho, uh, when you say, tell me about my day, or I think you can even say good morning or something like that, but uh, I think it's usually tell me about my day, then the device will actually start to list off your, you know, your appointments. Maybe you have some packages that are coming in, um, all the cool stuff that happens whenever you trigger uh, Google Now. That's, what's, that's what it is, right? That swipe to see that one screen that has all of your updates. Yeah. Um, And then it'll also show you, you can plug in different outlets, news outlets and things like that, that you might want to listen to. And it plays like short little uh, blips. They're like podcasts, but they're like microcasts. And it's just a little bit of information. So you can kind of get the lay of the land. Well, right after it did like the, you know, the good morning part, but before the news, it said, Something along the lines of like, hey, did you know that there's going to be a movie out this week from Disney and it's uh, Beauty and the Beast? And then it played some music and then uh, Google made a joke about how um, she liked it better because in this one, Belle actually plays the inventor instead of the dude whose name I don't know. Um, And I was like, yeah, that's great. So. This was this was called you know an ad and here's the thing I I almost went on a tweet storm about this uh, not a tweet storm too bad but anyway I, I I was thinking about it and it was kind of hard in the end to explain my feels in tweets and so this is the perfect place to do it because 
for all intents and purposes, yes, technically it was an ad like any other uh, any other thing that happens to come across your you know your your line of sight that's talking about a product or talking about a new show, a commercial, um, anything. I mean, I'm looking around, I'm seeing ads all over my office right now for different products and stuff like that. But when I think of an ad, I don't think of I don't I think of very specific like get this thing, buy it, this is how much it costs, that kind of thing. And this was more of here's some stuff that's actually happening this week that you could go do if you want to. Uh, this is you're you're asking it to tell it tell you about your day. And it's telling you about your day. And it's also saying, oh, by the way, if you want to check out a movie, here's this. Like what a friend would do. So it's very controversial, I think, especially among the little bubble that I exist in on Twitter for me to have said those things. Like I don't understand why everyone's getting so upset. But I don't understand why everyone's getting so upset. So I'm curious (laughs) to hear what you think. Because like it is an ad, but at the same time it's not really an ad. Because if I tell Google that, you know, with my uh, updates, I also like to hear about movies and I also like to hear about, um, I don't know, sports if you're into that kind of thing. Then, yeah, I want to hear about volleyball and uh, I don't know what other sports there are. Cricket. So those would come (laughs) along too. But of course, like ESPN or whoever is making money off of you watching. So technically that's an ad. Everything's an ad. So someone, someone, uh, validate or just go against me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't hear the ad, the quote unquote ad personally, <laughs> but, um, I, I guess, it, I guess it depends on how, how they frame it. Right. Like, I guess if I look up movies all the time and if I look up movie times all the time, like I wouldn't be surprised if it told me something about a movie that's coming up. So, but it didn't tell me to like go to this particular theater site and like buy the ticket from there. Then that's like more straightforward yeah. as an ad as you can be. Yeah. So I, I, I guess it's like more, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's not really an ad ad as we know it. It's not an ad ad. It's just a, it's a half ad. I, like, I mostly agree with you, Micah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think this is going to surprise nobody, but I think I agree with both of you. The one thing I would say, though, is that I think the reason this makes people a little bit nervous is because no one's really sure what these, you know, voices coming out of a cylinder are really for. I mean, they set timers, they turn your lights on and off if you've got fancy lights. They potentially have the, the capability to do way more stuff and no one's quite sure where it's going to go. So I think the reason this makes people nervous is they're like, ah, oh, every time I talk to this thing, is it going to play me ads before it gives me, like, content? And I don't think, I personally don't think Google is, is stupid enough to actually do that. They could, I'm sure they could flick a switch and make that happen, but I don't, think that's their intention i think their intention is to give you timely content and i would seriously hope if i'd never asked it for movie times and i don't really go to the cinema you know they're meant to be so amazing at tracking me if they know like i'm not really into movies i would hope i never got that you know read it's it's really hard yeah. to know from one person's anecdote and i don't think yeah. they've commented on it officially except to say that you know that they're, they're working on partner deals and sort of things like that to try and make the content you know, more relevant. Yeah. So they said they, they did come out and say, they commented to say that it wasn't an ad, but instead it was one of like many partnerships that they're working on. So what is important to note, I think the most important thing here is that money did not exchange hands from the entity that is Disney and the entity that is Google to make that thing appear on your device. It is genuinely uh, the Google team 
coming up with relevant and time-based content to be displayed. And they do have partnerships with these companies to work together to come up with phrasing and probably get the music that played and stuff like that. But there was not Disney paid Google to infiltrate your office, in my case, or living room or what have you to do that. Now, I agree that I would get annoyed if suddenly like every time in between the the beginning part where it says my schedule and the news, then it starts saying like six different things. By the way, did you try out this new energy drink? By the way, have you tried this coffee? <laughs> this burger from McDonald's is great. I'm like, no, you, you, know, you shut it down. But that is a problem. That is definitely a problem. So I, yeah, there's there's a little fear here because these things are still new. I um I just I I guess I kind of found it delightful, which maybe is the fault of Disney, which tends to be kind of magical in the first place. But uh, yeah, that's my feels on that. So are you saying, Micah, that uh, people should let it go? Is that I, I know this is the let wrong franchise. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yes, that is uh, that is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, no, I, again, I think Russell, you hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, you know, you've got people who are always trying to get Amazon Echo to say weird things that make it sound like it's you know from the CIA or whatever. Um, and you probably have. Pe- I mean, whenever um, S I R I first came around, um, <laughs> it was also you know made to say weird things as well. So that that's part of it, and people are suspicious and stuff like that. And I know you know there's that uh, narrative about Google and, and tracking and all that kind of stuff. But like I know what it has on me, and <laughs> I choose to have that you know that option um, so I can get you know, all of my information that I need. So I think it's, it's fine in that way. And as long as Google doesn't go and, and continue to add ads there, um, I'm fine with it personally as a Google home owner. Uh, but Google actually flipped the switch, shut it off. Um, once the complaints got to be too much, they ended up, you know, making it not say that anymore. Um, and like I said, they officially commented on it, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was kind of, funny and I thought it was cute and it just didn't, it didn't rub me the wrong way. So, um, I thank you for letting me vent that, but let's talk, (laughs) let's talk about, uh, some, some more relatable things, I think. Um, so I've got Google home. I've got, uh, Amazon's assistant. If I say that, that'll also trigger in my home. Um, (laughs) and then I've got S I R I as well. Uh, and they all do different things in terms of uh, home automation. They all do things at different capabilities as well. Uh, in the beginning, I had held to the belief that uh, Amazon's assistant was actually superior to all of the others in doing home automation stuff, but I've actually run into a lot of trouble with it lately, so I'm kind of uh, going back and forth, because I would use that over just tapping in my phone to make my lights turn on and off. Um, But I got the Google Home for the specific purpose that it can use the IFTTT, if this, then, that, if, however you want to say it, um, service to control different lights and different automations, things like that in your house. And if I say the trigger word and then I say, um, what is it? I can't even remember now. I think it's slay. If I say slay, <laughs> then what happens is Everybody it says, dies. okay, ladies, now let's get information. And it turns all of my hue color lights yellow for lemonade, which is like uh, Beyonce's <laughs> album. Um, so yeah, that's glorious and wonderful. But here's here's the complaint. Uh, if you go to Google's page for Google Home, 
and look at the services that it has available under smartphone. Smartphone? What is that? Smart home. <laughs> it, of course, has Nest because it is Nest. Uh, it's got Philips Hue. It's got Samsung SmartThings. It's got Wemo or Waymo, depending on how you pronounce that. And it's got Honeywell. Honeywell typically is the, uh, is the thermostat producer. Waymo, Wemo make plugins. Uh, Samsung SmartThings is a whole group of, of products, uh, including uh, non-contact sensors, et cetera. Philips Hue, of course, lights and Nest is a camera, thermostat, et cetera. And then IFTTT support. A lot of people who want to add home automation to their home are not necessarily the people who also know how to use IFTTT. You can do a lot of stuff with IFTTT, but I think what Google needs to do is get itself together, get in gear, and add more partnerships. Because I, and, and again, I swear, I think that that Google is is great. I love you know the stuff that that I use from them, but I do have to give I'm going to say it Apple props on this because I have my whole entire home you know at the tips of my finger to control from one app because of their HomeKit platform. And Google is really good at this kind of stuff, bringing these things together. And I think that they could really do this. So I have to talk to Yasmin about getting that added to that website she has where <laughs> things magically happen <laughs> because Google needs to get on the get on the ball. So I'm curious, do either of you, do both of you have uh, um, home automation stuff? Do you have any light bulbs or anything like that? Is it of interest to you? Uh, and how do you feel about Google stuff? Because like, if you only have Philips Hue bulbs, you're fine. Your Google Home will do everything you need. But if you've got a bunch of different stuff like I do, too much, then, <laughs> then it's a problem. <laughs> well, I literally just got my Google Home. So like when I went to San Francisco, I came back logging a Google Home <laughs> with me to Bangkok, <laughs> and now it's here with me. So um, when I went on holidays in December, that was like my first interaction with a Google Home because I stayed at a place that has a Google Home in it. And it's more uh, uh, the thing I missed the most, I guess, was the weather. And like as soon as you step inside, you do like, OK, turn on my lights. And it's like you even if you're carrying a bunch of stuff with you. Um, so it's like you don't have to like fumble in the dark looking for the switch or like walking to where your switch, your, your light switch is. Um, I guess that's like one of the things that's really convenient. And because I live alone, right? It's like sometimes I'm too lazy to get up <laughs> and do stuff. Um, and like just getting ready in the morning, uh, like when you're doing something and then you remember, oh, I have to remember to do this later. So like just shouting it out is like one of the conveniences I miss the most. So now that I have my my home, my own one, uh, I'm gonna set it up later after this recording. Nice. Ooh, yes, exciting! I did the and same. Then I have to get bulbs and like spend all my money. <laughs> yes. You're like thousands it's of dollars trap. later. You're like, look, it is a trap. I can make the lights blink. <laughs> I I did exactly the same thing as as you, Zara. I went to because the Google Home is not available in Australia. This is another big against all these things so amazon echo oh, i just said it didn't i no i didn't say the, the name of the assistant i did well so that thing is not available in australia uh the google home is not available in australia you basically have to go i i did this both times went to like a pop-up amazon store went to like the google store while i was in the us and, and got both of these things and i've, I've got them home, the same as you micro i've got them both at home they literally sit uh i don't know 20 centimeters from each other that's i don't know four inches or something in the, in the American uh, Imperial, whatever it is. And I, I found I've got 
I've got some LifeX bulbs. So full disclosure, I used to know some people that worked there, so they, they gave them to me for free. So I think I've got three of those. And uh, that's about the only major thing, sort of home automation thing I have. And Google Home doesn't, out of the box, doesn't work with those, right? So Amazon does. They have like a skill that you can plug in and then that works. Um, Google doesn't, although like you said, Mike, I'm a little bit technical, so I went to IFTT, you know, IF three T's, if this, then that. And it's a little bit complicated, but you can basically, you can add your Google Home in there, then you can add like your LifeX bulbs and then you can do things like, you know, turn the lights on and off and that that works. The most, the funniest part for me though is that, so I've got three, I've got one in the kind of main dining area on like a little uh, sort of lamp that sits off on the side. I've got one in like a walk-in robe. I've got one in like the kids sort of playroom. I found two of those, I just flick using the switches because it, once the novelty's worn off, you like the switch turns it on, the switch turns it off. This is great. The lamp though is in like a bit of an awkward position where like, you know, if you're an old man like me and you try and sort of reach for the the little switch thing, you end up almost like breaking your back. You're like, oh, then you're like, I'm not doing that again. So I kid you not, the Echo is the closest to it. It is within touching distance of this lamp. And I still talk to the Echo and I say, hey, you know, can you turn this on? Can you turn this off? Um, the other fun thing I have with the Google Home, and this has no home animation sort of stuff at all, but you can do stuff like in IFTT, you can set up a phrase. So we have a phrase in the office here just called imagine. So we say trigger word, you know, imagine bubble gum or imagine, you know, bread or imagine something. And then that goes into a shopping list that, you know, Phil goes out every Monday and like buys all the stuff in that list. So it's just really cool to sit there and be like, it's almost home automation. You can just be like, imagine this. And then a week later, like whatever you imagine turns up. It appears, it is cool, but I'm still at that place where like I'm a fairly technical person. Like I'm a developer. This is what I do for like my job. And even I find it a little bit like fiddly. I can't imagine someone, you know, rushing out to buy one of these things, buying the Philips Hue bulbs or whatever, hooking up their garage door or something and then trying to get all that to work together it still feels like it's still quite complex yeah so i want to point out something that you talked about there this is another limitation that i think um google really 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 needs to get their act together on um and it's it's a bit of a security concern and it's also a, a fiddly and lag concern so when you use ifttt to hook these things up what happens is one device you know gets the so your your google home gets the command and your google home goes and talks to IFTTT in the cloud, and then IFTTT in the cloud makes the connection to whatever is the thing you're trying to control, and then it finally comes back down and talks to that thing that you're trying to control. That is a lot of jumping, and it's jumping out of your local area network into space and beyond. <laughs> Sometimes literally uh, into actually. space. Literally into space, <laughs> to the satellites. Um, and in, in the meantime, uh, we've got you know, local devices, uh, especially, you know, using HomeKit that are happening communications over your local area network over either Wi-Fi um, or if, if it's a Bluetooth device, then over Bluetooth LE. And uh, that's either done directly on your iPhone or if you're out of the home, then it will actually use an iPad you have sitting around or an Apple TV uh, to make those Bluetooth pings. So in that case, yes, you know, that's where the, the cloud connection has to happen. But anyway, the more jumps you add in between things, the more security risks you're possibly running into, but even less than that, um, or equally important, I guess, depending, is the fiddliness that can end up happening whenever you've got all those connections to make. Because if the IFTTT servers are slow or something like that, then you're waiting for your light bulb to turn off. And then you think, I could have just flipped it at the switch. And that <laughs> is when it becomes a problem, especially when you are the techie person trying to convince everybody around you that they shouldn't use the mm -hmm. switch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> press it. Once you turn it off, the Wi-Fi turns off. Don't do it. 
<laughs> and I'm like, just so, show. Yeah. Those are my complaints. Uh, I I think I think that Google. I I imagine they they'll be coming with something soon. But um, for now, Amazon is really killing it. They really are. They are killing it in a good way uh, with having so many integrations and so many tie-ins. Um, and Apple, I think, is doing a good job in terms of adding the security uh, side of doing home automation stuff and uh, trying to kind of pull that all together in one grouping. So um, look, Google, you got to look at Amazon and you got to look at Apple. Uh, please don't hurt me, anyone. Send all of your emails to Russell. Uh, <laughs> and get get it together with the Google Home because it's a doggone good-looking device and it's a lot of fun. And so I think that um, it'd be that much better and I'd be less likely to be upset by an ad about Burger King <laughs> if, they, uh, if they were better th- about that. <laughs> All right, so I have to quickly ask both of you two before we move on to the next segment. If if you're Yasmin, you're inside Google, you've got obviously got all the influence in the world, you're pretty much CEO now, like as far as I know. Um what what's the one biggest change you'd make to the, you know, Google Home and the Google sort of I don't know what you call it, the home infrastructure? Like Zara, do you have like anything that you're like, "Oh, I must change this thing." I'll make it available in Australia. <laughs> I like that. Valid. Good. Make it available in more places. <laughs> you, I mean, you laugh, but that, that's a huge problem. Like if you've ever yeah. lived outside the US, even in Canada, like we get Canadians writing in all the time. They're like, I can't, all the stuff you talk on the show, like I live literally, like I border the country where it all comes from. I can't get any of it. So yeah, that is a thing. I actually tried putting off getting getting mine because I was like, well, what if it's broken or like, how do I get my warranty? And I have to buy this travel adapter thingy for the plug and you know like just minor inconveniences i guess and it's like can i make it like really local for me like my news and stuff um but but yeah i i was really hesitant to start using the amazon stuff because then i'd have to let it know more stuff about me whereas (laughs) like you know like with with google like i don't care it already knows everything so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like limiting your information to like yeah you can know everything but only you like no other companies i think yeah it's funny like you get you get apple fans that's how they feel about apple you get google fans that's how they feel about google i'm sure you get amazon fans and that's how they feel about amazon it's amazing that they each like you got these group of people that trust these individual companies but they distrust sort of like all the other companies it's yeah it's quite fun <laughs> but it's same same right <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a three-party system so w- what about you michael what one major thing like would you change this is specifically about Google Home? Yeah. Uh, it's it's what I've been complaining about this whole time. Absolutely, hands down. Um, I think that I would, mo- as Google, uh, I would model myself, because of their more open nature and, and you know what the company kind of represents, I would model myself on the Amazon Alexa platform in terms of trying to be the catch-all for all the different home automation stuff that exists and making it very easy for developers and encouraging developers uh, and home Wait, let me try that again. Uh, product manufacturers <laughs> to you know come and be a part of of the. I think theirs is called Works with Android. So the different certifications are like Works with Android, um, HomeKit enabled. Uh, actually, it's Works with Apple's HomeKit, and then uh, Works with Alexa. So the oops, I probably triggered somebody's 
Amazon device. Anywho, mm-hmm. that's what I do. It just you need to you need to step it up and have more uh, platforms available so that I can just use this one device to talk to all of those things and preferably also the Google Home app, which serves as the Chromecast controller and the mm. Google Home thing, would become my Google Home home controller too, and I could control <laughs> all the stuff from the app. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense to me. I think the other really interesting thing about the Echo, and we get a lot of like requests, like, can you make Pocket Cast work with the Echo? And I've always assumed it's a really hard thing, right? And I went in there last week, and I literally set up a skill and had it working in like, not completely working, obviously, but had the basics of it working in like half a day. I'm like, this platform is super straightforward. It's just... Uh, for those that are technical, just some JSON requests that go off to their server, they come back to your thing and you set up your own little server that sort of deals with it. It's The system is really completely open. Like you can even get it into development mode without having to you know, get any approval from Amazon whatsoever. It's very, very sort of like here's the entire interface, You know, here's a huge amount of documentation, like go nuts. And they've got sample code all over the place. I was, I was really, really surprised and I probably shouldn't have been at just how full-featured the the Echo sort of integration is because I always assumed from just listening to people that it was kind of hacked together, but it's really not. There's an entire like full-on like API and ecosystem sort of driving the whole thing and there's a huge amount of effort that's been put in by Amazon just to, to get that to happen. So that, that was impressive for me. Sweet. Yeah. Hmm, it's good to know that behind the scenes stuff too to uh, hear that it, it is that easy, and I, you know, I've heard I've heard some mumbles about that too. That they really are trying to push forward. I know there's like they're offering free Amazon uh, cloud stuff, servers or whatever, uh, to developers who create skills right now and everything. So it's pretty impressive. Um, they really do want to be kind of the the be all end all uh, for for controlling <laughs> your home. Yeah, definitely. And I, I totally agree with Zara as well. Like both of those companies need to get their act together and come to places like Australia and, you know, lots of Europe and sort of other countries like because it's it's always a little bit embarrassing when people are like, home automation is the future. I'm like, I can go into the Apple store here. I can buy like one HomeKit <laughs> device. It's like, do you want a HomeKit device? This is the one. And you're like, oh, thanks, Apple. Like got any others? And they're like, not for your country. You're like, oh, Aww. thanks, guys. <laughs> but we should. Yeah, but yeah, the thing about um, unifying everything under Google Home, right? We know how Google... You know, Google's track record with unifying things. <laughs> Just so, make more of them. They unified their messaging apps, didn't they? That's, that's oh, one yeah. Of them, right? Okay. yeah. I was like, I, so, didn't, I didn't know the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, they, they, they tend to like go off on this, like launch five different products that all seem to do the same thing, which could be in one amazing product. So <laughs> if only those yeah, but, teams but maybe, to they'll do, maybe they'll do a different thing for the Google Home. Well, I guess IO is coming up next next month, month after May. So I guess who knows? They might announce a whole new suite of products that <laughs> obsolete. Or they hopefully what they do is they double down on their existing stuff. But we we should move on. We have a second sponsor as well. I, I get to read this again because again, no Andy and Yasmin, so you get to listen to me. So this episode of material is also brought to you by Away. Uh, Your luggage shouldn't cost more than your plane ticket. I think that's a pretty obvious thing. And that's why Away make premium suitcases with fantastic features for just under $300. So if you're wondering what I'm talking about, you want to go to awaytravel.com slash material and you'll be able to peruse Away's collection of suitcases all made with premium German polycarbonate. Uh, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance while still remaining lightweight. So you might think, what kind of suitcases can I get? You can get carry-on, you can get bigger carry-on. You know how people love their huge carry-on luggage that they try and cram into thing. It's legal though, why the hell not? Uh, the medium and the large, they're all there. They're in nine fantastic colours for you to choose from. 
The interior of the suitcase features a patent-pending compression system, uh, which is incredibly helpful if you're an overpacker, like you know, perhaps someone in my family who I won't mention, Michelle. Uh, you know, you want to cram as much stuff into a tiny little suitcase as you can. This will hopefully help you. 360-degree uh, spinning wheels, they're the, the cool ones for when you're wheeling it around. You end up with the thing tipping over and, you know, almost breaking your wrist. Uh, TSA combination locks for those of us that love American immigration. I love those guys so much. And a removable washable laundry bag as well. So you can easily keep your clean clothes separate from your dirty ones. You don't need to carry plastic bags like I do. And the number one feature that Yasmin tells me is amazing because I don't have one of these is it comes with an integrated USB power brick. So you can literally charge stuff with your suitcase, which I don't know, that kind of, that just blows my mind. But apparently it's really cool. You're like, oh, my phone's a bit flat. I'll just plug it into my suitcase. It's, it's the future, people. So Away believe in the quality of their products. That's why they offer a lifetime guarantee. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace it for life. Uh, they also have a 100-day trial. So you can live with it, you can travel with it. And if you decide you don't like it, full refund, no questions asked within 100 days. Uh, travel smarter with a suitcase that charges your phone. To find out more, you want to go to awaytravel.com slash material. And if you use the offer code material at checkout, you get $20 off one of their suitcases. So awaytravel.com.material. Let me do that again. Awaytravel.com slash material and the offer code material for $20 off. Uh, You can also visit Away in their retail stores, New York, LA and London. And we want to thank them so much for their support of this show and all of Real AFM. Yeah, I just uh, got a call from the TSA, and they said, because you threw shade, you're not allowed back in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Micah, you have not heard the best story I have about the TSA. So I've got to say, like, I'm a, I'm a white dude, right? So it's pretty easy to get through immigration. I have a Wait, funny... you are? Yeah, I am. I'm leaving. True. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's <laughs> pretty easy to get through immigration. I do have a weird last name. It did take me three, three months, I think, to get my first security clearance when I used to work in defense and stuff. But... Um, I get through really easily, like it's three minutes and whatever else. But one time I went through and they put me through the, you know, fancy body scanner thing and these little squares came up on my shoulder and the woman's like, you're going to have to wait here for a pat down. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. I'll just stand here. And the guy looks at me and he's like, Russell? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, don't worry, dude, go through. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I'm standing in the TSA. I don't want to ask, how do you know me? Like, where do you know me from? I just ran for it. I'm like, thanks, man. See so to this day, you don't know how that person knew you? No, they could be listening to the show. They could, I don't know, know me from Twitter. They, I really, I do not know. So if you're that TSA person and you want to write it anonymously, like let us know. But that was the most amazing <laughs> immigration experience like I've ever had in my life. It's unbelievable. What were the which squares? Which part is this? Yeah, which part is this, Razo? Oh, this is San Francisco. So the squares are like you go through the body scanner and it's trying to highlight areas that it thinks are suspicious, I guess. So that's where they have to pat you down and make sure you're not carrying, I don't know, drugs or guns or something. I don't really know what what it's for. I was like, they could see some sort of weird, dense area, like that were those square shaped. I was like, like, what is Russell carrying? Right on my brain. (laughs) They're like, that brain is so dense, Russell. We need to pat it down. <laughs> right. No, that's uh, not what happened. That's so, that's so interesting. I don't think I'd be able to sleep for six days trying to figure out who it was or how that person <laughs> knew me. No, I have this thing because yeah. I go through immigration so often. I'm just like the one thing you want to do is not raise any sort of suspicious suspicion. You just want to move through as fast as possible, ask no questions, yeah, exactly. nod and say like well, yes to everything. They ask you a lot of questions. Well, they don't ask you. They ask me yeah. a lot of yeah, questions. Yeah, they don't ask you, Russell. <laughs> oh, okay. You, oh, <laughs> yeah. we, I'm happy to pause the show here. You guys can let me know what it's like to go through immigration as, no? Oh, never... I, I know what I'm going to do next time. I have to go to the States. I'm going to carry a sign that says, I know Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Russell. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come right through, ma'am. Come right through. We didn't realize that you went in the priority line. What are you doing there? 
<laughs> I've, I've never left the country, so I don't know what it's like to go through immigration. Okay, you have never Australia. left the United States. I've not. No. Wow. You need to. You need to come well, to at least Australia. Why are you banned? I'm banned from Australia <laughs> because I uh, because I am the evangelist of uh, of koalas being the most terrible animal that's ever existed, and it turns out that koalas are responsible for some of Australia's like travel uh, like people come to visit to see koalas. It's it's partially mm-hmm. responsible for uh, tourism money. So, yeah. The, the tourism like it's a bad thing. Like, They're yo. responsible for bringing tourism money to Australia, the evil koalas. I'm like, I'm not sure this campaign is off to a good start, Mike. <laughs> Look, this is, this is all your fault for telling me about the evil that is koalas and showing me the video of the growling koalas. I, all I got to say, just really quickly, all of you out there, you think you know what a koala sounds like, but you don't. You must go look up koala fight or koala growl or something. It is the most unholy, unnatural sound you've ever heard, and it will change your opinion about koalas for the rest of your life. You got yourself banned the second time. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't go to surrounding countries either. Yeah. You, you can't even make an excuse video like uh, Johnny Depp had to do. Like We're just not letting you back into this country now after those comments. <laughs> koalas are great, and I don't know what Mike is talking about. Zara, are you with me here? I carry the koala. They're cute and cuddly. There you go. The official, mm-hmm. She's like been that close to a koala. Uh, you yeah. haven't, Micah. I'm, I'm afraid you can't comment here. You don't even have a koala as a friend. I mean, like this is you're not even trying. Look, 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 those koalas, they use their eucalyptus uh, pheromones to convince humans that they're cute and cuddly, and you're actually seeing an alternate reality, but if you saw the real reality, they're sapping your life energy as they cling to you. That's what's happening. I admire his tenacity. (laughs) Exactly. How he could look at such a cute creature and be like, that thing's evil and I'm not getting off this platform. So we we should probably move on though, Micah and uh, Zara. I know, Micah, you occasionally use the Mate, which is the most Australian of, of all phones. Zara, you're on a Pixel, is that right? I am on a Pixel, yeah. Top phone. I love that phone as well. That's I got two of them, just that's how good they are. But... Obviously, there's a there's a big release. I looked at our Pocket Cast stats. Forty one percent of all our users are on Samsung phones, so Samsung's a big deal even among the tech community. And the Galaxy S eight is coming later this month. I don't know if either of you had a chance to to look at the leaks. There's good old Evan Blass at EV Leaks always has the uh, it always seems to have it a few weeks ahead. You know these companies are terrible at keeping secrets, I guess. Or he's really good at finding them. It's it's one of those two. But I wanted to kind of get your opinion because this seems to be the new trend in phones. You've got the edge to edge screen. And you've got the tiny little bezels at the top and you've also got slightly taller screens, which seems to be becoming the thing, you know. I don't know necessarily why we need it, but people are like, well, now we've got all that extra space. Let's make the screen even bigger. I mean, Zara, is this going to convince you to come back to, to Samsung's open arms? Probably not. I love my Pixel. But I remember um, I saw the I saw the leaked photos and remember, Russell, we were talking about it before. Like Samsung phones are just like beautiful. Yeah. Like on, on the photos, they look Great. Well, even in, in real life, I remember when I first got the S7 Edge, like for its time, and its time was only a year ago, let's not pretend it's, a, it's an old <laughs> phone, but for its time, I'm like, this phone is beautiful. Like it, to me, it was even better looking than an iPhone, which I think is kind of the pinnacle of, you know, industrial design and nice sort of thing. I, I just, something about that curved screen, I'm just like, this is nice. Yeah, and like the, the glass back is really nice. Uh, but I, I really can't go to a bigger phone because I, with the pixel, like I can't even reach like the other side of the screen mm-hmm. anymore, and it's like try 
pulling down the notification shade and interacting with it. Like it's it's very hard to do with one hand for me. So I I don't think I would want to go like for a bigger screen at this point. That orchid gray color is just stunning. I this this phone is gorgeous. It is is very futuristic, but very uh, very. I don't know. It's 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 a lot more organic than I'm tip you know than you usually see with phones. Uh, I, I think it's absolutely astounding uh, the the colors and like I said, especially that orchid gray. Because uh, I actually I'm rocking a rose gold iPhone, so I always like the fun you know kind of different colors and uh, that that like purplish hue is really cool. So I I feel like I have to say. Um, that it's, you know, pure, pure Google or else for, you know, our, for the former co the former co-host's sake, but, uh, <laughs> this is a really beautiful phone at the very least, it, it but, is. uh, I would choose to be still, you know, pure software if I could, uh, that's that's the one thing that I don't like about this Huawei phone is that it's, you know, got the weird skin over it that I can't remove without doing some fiddly stuff, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I, I really like the pure Google experience. I really like the fact that we finally have a pure Google phone that has like an amazing camera as well. But I know myself really well, and when this thing ships, you know, we're going to have to get one for testing. It's a super popular device. You can't not have it. Testing, testing, testing And <laughs> I, I'm just addicted to shiny things. Like, I'm willing to admit it. You know, hashtag more than first world problems, like zeroth world <laughs> problems. But when a new shiny phone like this comes out, I, for a few months, I'm just happy to ignore the fact that it runs, you know, Samsung's custom stuff on there. I'm just like, oh, it's so shiny. And this phone, I got to say, looks amazing. If it lives up to. Mm-hmm to these leaks, yeah. you know, in a few weeks' time. It's it's going to be the phone, I think, to beat, you know, hardware-wise going forward. That yeah. screen is massive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting as, as app developers are. Do you have, like, do you have any opinions about where that's going to go if developers have to deal with, like, more and more, like, screen height? Are you just going to stretch your user interface or do fancier stuff? Or I, I guess uh, the pattern we're seeing more and more is that apps just go with lists all the time, right? Like, more often than not, there are like lists of stuff. That's how much that's how much we have. So <laughs> if, if it's just if it's a bigger screen, then you have more stuff you can see on one page, I guess. But yeah, it's like as a as a user, like I really don't mind scrolling a bit if I can like as long as I can tap on like the elements I want to tap and I can reach it easily. Uh, I guess that's one of the things that we have to figure out more as as developers and designers, like where you put your buttons and, you know, like placement of things that users can interact with with these phones. Because usually, you know, like you do the hamburger on the upper left and then you have like items on the menu bar. But if they're like getting further and further away, then I, I guess it begs to rethink our, our UX stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because a lot of Android buttons are actually at the top. You know, like you say, the hamburger yeah. menu, all the what's the thing called at the top? Action bar, support bar. Yeah, yeah, the toolbar, toolbar with yeah. like your shortcuts and yeah. But like, with this new bottom navigation stuff, then maybe that will change things. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see because Android O is just around the corner. You know, it's rumored too that the first beta is meant to be coming out this month sometime, and maybe that will take into account bigger phones. You know, we might see more of the yeah. the navigation and stuff move to the the bottom of the phone. Yeah. So the last thing I'm really excited about with the S8 is it still has a headphone jack, and I know this is a pet topic of mine, but 
I'm hoping that all flagship Android phones for the foreseeable future all have headphones jacks, just so I don't have to hear from my Apple-loving friends. They're like, see, we told you removing it was the right thing to do. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think that if there's room and you can still make a gorgeous jaw-dropping phone like this, uh, and keep room for the headphone jack. Don't don't get rid of it. Um, you know, Apple said that it it had to compromise for whatever reason to you know to be able to make the phone that it did. Um, and that's fine. This one here has the headphone jack, and it is uh, a stunning device. So uh, it's very impressive. I have you know, had multiple situations where I needed the headphone jack for something because I'd completely forgotten to bring the little dongle or, or I wasn't using Bluetooth at the time or what have you. Uh, so that does still come up from time to time. And it's like, ah, oh, really wish I had the headphone jack. <laughs> so if it can stick around, please let it stick around. I hope these, even on uh, Apple's side, like, don't get rid of it if you don't have to, please. <laughs> Zara, are you pro or against headphone jack? I have a Bluetooth headphones, like I'm using it now, but um, I would love to still have the option of having the headphone jack in because sometimes like Bluetooth is just flaky, you know, like even on my Pixel and with like pretty modern headphones, like sometimes it just won't connect, like you've restarted everything and like (laughs) still just won't do it. So, but if you have the simplicity of just plugging something into something else and it working, I mean, I'd take that over like half an hour of fiddling with settings and stuff. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got a pair of Bluetooth headphones, which are super reliable. I think I've only had a connection problem like once or twice, but they come with an optional cable that you can plug into your phone and the earpiece. And I find myself half the time just plugging it in. I'm like, you know what? It's not that much hassle. And I know it's going to work like every damn time. So I just exactly. plug it in anyway. So we we should probably wrap the show. We're going to do something amazing because Yasmin and Andy are here, aren't here. Sorry, we're going to try and keep it under an hour. This is the only <laughs> thing I have left to give back to our listeners. Like I can't make it a better show. I can't, I can't do anything like that, but I can make it a shorter show. I should also say that, don't worry, Andy will be back next week. He isn't, he isn't gone permanently. It's, it's, it's fine. You don't have to like immediately unsubscribe. But two quick things <laughs> I want to run past you both before we go. Um, Google introduced Family Link this week, which is a, a cool way if you're a parent to monitor what your kids are doing. You can um, do things like monitor the, the apps they're using, the screen time they're spending. You can lock a device, you know, if you want them to be studying or whatever. The two major restrictions are that if you're a parent, you have to have Android 4.4 or above, which you probably do if you're running Android. <laughs> the annoying part, though, is if you're the kid, you need an Android device that runs 7.0 or a very small list of 6.0 devices. And I don't know how many kids have those devices. And you're stuck with the Samsung 5. (laughs) Imagine doing the swap. You're like, can I have that old cruddy phone I gave you and here, have my brand new Pixel and this is what you can run Family Link on. I guess it's an app for the future. That's probably the only kind thing you could say. Like, you know, eventually all phones will have 7 and then you'll be fine. But for now, it seems like weird that your kid would have such a modern device. Hats off to you if your kid does. You should write into us and tell us, you know, how amazing they are. Yeah, I got both of my dogs on Android 7 tablets. um, And when I want them to just watch their educational programming on dog TV and not anything else, it's really helpful because usually they'll go and tap and, you know, switch into like ordering dog biscuits on Amazon and like, not again. So this is very helpful to keep them locked in right on that one app. Micah, I can't let this go. In the the post show, we are going to talk about both dog TV and what's the other thing that you mentioned? (laughs) 
Oh. I don't know, koalas, the, everything. The koala thing and the fact that you're famous for eating in the shower as well. This is Oh, the, no. Yes, I brought it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the, the other thing coming to Android, and I'm sure Micah is sick of this because it came to iOS a few months ago, Super Mario Run. Are we excited, Zara? March 23rd. Yes, Ooh. we are. I, I didn't get the I didn't get the switch though. <gasps> Even if it's available in Australia. Yeah, that's the one thing you can buy. And pixels, apparently. We <laughs> oh, we had more people write into us. By the way, they're like, yeah. So, so you can walk into JB Hi-Fi or somewhere and get a pixel. You cannot do that in the US. So, ha, take that, Americans. Yeah, and yeah. now we we stepped up our game and actually are giving away a daydream too. Yes, I did see that as well. I paid for mine. I paid $69 or whatever yeah. it was. And now they're giving away for free. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you go uh, to JB and shake your fists at them? I should, although a lot of people in JB are like, you know, big with tattoos and stuff. I'm not sure what shaking my fists at them is going to do. Probably get me thrown out of the store. I'm just a little guy, Zara. Don't, don't make them hurt me. Super <laughs> Mario Run is fun. So. <laughs> you've, you've played a bit of it, Micah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I think it's I think it's fun. Um, so hopefully it'll be you know a new another surge of excitement for the game. Uh, it's I I'm like the worst person to talk to about any kind of gaming in any sense because I just I really don't play games. I don't have games on my phone at all. I just don't. Um, so I but I usually try them, especially if I end up having to write about them or something like that. Um, so it was on there for a while and it was fun while it lasted. But again, my brain was done with it after a while. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how, you know, if there's anything different about it for Android. And also, uh, I just I like see, seeing people excited about things. So it'll be fun to see people being excited about it uh, and, and playing it and enjoying it. And I will say that uh, a little tip here, if you don't know, uh, poke toad whenever you see – you'll see a bunch of different toads running around. But poke uh, – poke one of the toads and they'll make these cute little Pillsbury Doughboy like sounds and it is absolutely adorable this oh, hey. anyway. that's how koala sound like no they do not <laughs> they do too I gotta say if you speaking of koalas if you're in far north Queensland don't poke the toads they're, they're also toxic just like the rest of Australian animals Ooh, they will kill you if you probably. poke them or try and eat them so don't yeah there's a that. pro tip for you. Um, <laughs> for, I'm unbanned. For the host awesome. applicants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're gonna, you have 200 people and there'll be, you know, 20 people who didn't hear about not poking toads and <laughs> gone, eliminated. This is our public service announcement to you. So we want to thank everyone so much for tuning into this week's show. I know it was a bit of a weird show. I apologize, but we have tried to make it shorter, you know, just for you. Zara, if people want to find you on the internet, they want to follow all the cool stuff that you do, where's the best place to go? Uh, they can uh, follow me on Twitter. I post a lot of mundane stuff all the time. Um but yeah, it's um at my handle is at Zarajus, which is uh, I'll spell it out. It's Z A R A H J U T Z. Or go to my website and you'll find my Twitter there. It's um zdominguez.com. Cool. And what about you, Micah? If people want to keep up with you and find all about you know, I think there's some diagrams for you know how to eat in the shower properly and things like that. Where where can they find those? In continuing with this uh, apparently very weird podcast that we're doing, thanks, apparently we make it very weird, uh, you can go to www.chihuahua.coffee to find all the links you need to find about me. Uh, I, that's not a joke. I really do uh, own that domain, chihuahua.coffee. Uh, so you can find my Twitter there. You can find my writing there. Uh, Instagram is just photos of my dogs and all that jazz at chihuahua.coffee. That is an awesome domain. I like it. So 
You can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter. You can find our show at Material Podcast. Uh, you can also write to us, as some people have been doing this week, materialpodcast at gmail.com. I will say again, though, applications for a third host are closed. Uh, relay.fm slash material is where you find this show and all the show notes. And we want to thank everyone so much for tuning in. Um, I haven't come up with an ending that I'm really happy with, guys. Do you have a suggestion for how you close this out? Yasmin would normally say uh, stain material. I don't know if either of you have a suggestion. Zara. Zara? Ooh, that's a tough one. I like it. That's a tough one. (laughs) (laughs) See how it all works out. (laughs) Maybe it should be Aussie since since you're the one that's signing out the show. Oh, until next week, koalas are amazing.